Welcome to Financial and Lifestyle Freedom Podcast. Today we are sharing with you one of our most listened to episodes in this throwback version of the podcast. So I hope that you enjoy. So Jeff, today we're speaking about how to get more of what you want from your business. But what happens if you're not quite sure what that is anymore? That's really the challenge that I, I run into with a lot of businesses is they, as you kind of evolve through that business life cycle, you've got, you get into that business in the first place, the startup phase, you've got all kinds of energy, all kinds of excitement. Hey, we've got a new idea. We've got a new market. And especially once they start hitting that three, four, kind of five year mark, it's like, okay, this is turned into work. This uh, Instead of especially on the visionary types that, hey, I'm, I want to be out talking to customers. I want to be out playing on the golf course, stuff like that. Instead, I'm sitting here dealing with customer support issues or I'm dealing with, with internal people issues kind of a thing. And it's like, uh, this is no longer fun. This is, this is work now. This is, mm. so it's, it's, yeah, it's that, that stage is, is really, honestly, that's where we lose a lot, of the, a lot of the entrepreneur, a lot of the businesses that people just say, hey, this is, this is not what I signed up for. I'm bailing out and going starting over kind of a thing. And it's, it's a tough road roadblock to, to sit there and get through for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the common struggles that you see when entrepreneurs hit that, that roadblock, hit that wall where they're trying to grow, but like you say, they've got all this other stuff that's suddenly coming up to, to bite them. What, what, what are the common struggles that you see there? At the high level, at the outside symptom level, you're, you're dealing with people issues kind of a thing of trying to make sure you got the right people doing the right mm -hmm. job. Are they really understanding what they're doing? It's the, the old story, you go, go hire somebody on and it takes them a month, two months, whatever, to even get up to speed kind of a thing. It's like, okay, is mm -hmm. that really a good use of the resources? A lot of times you've got uh, like quality control issues that, okay, things are not going out the back end, products, services, whatever, quite like they used to. And therefore you've got customer complaint issues and things like that. But what it really boils down to underneath is just simply complexity. That mm. it's, it's one of those things that really creeps up on you that you don't even realize because you start off a business with you and your, your best friend or whatever. There are two people. It's real nice and simple. It's one line of communication between the two of you. But then you say, okay, we need to expand out. We bring on just that third person. It's only one more person, 50% increase in headcount, but now you've got a 300% increase in the number of communication lines. And it just yes. sits there and, and goes out and goes out as you grow. So as you add, especially in the startup realm, we, we always look at, because at that point, everything's about getting the first sale, getting the next sale kind of a thing. So I like the, the story I heard once that, okay, your company's making blue widgets here. You got the customer that come, come, calls up and says, hey, I heard about you, but I really need some red widgets. Can you make red instead of blue here? It's like, sure, we can do that. It's like, okay, great. I need 5,000 of them. Well, of course we can do that because we're going to say yes to everything. Well, I need them next Tuesday and I need them over in the Far East. And you kind of hang up the phone and your team looks at you and says, what the heck did you just agree to? But <laughs> Early days, we sit there and, and work together and we pull it out. But the thing is, every time we do that, all of a sudden now we're making red and blue. Tomorrow we're making yellow. Well, next day we're making a different shape. We're, it's like all of a sudden we have no focus anymore. We have no, no singular line of, okay, this is who we are. This is what we're trying to get to. And before you know it, it's just, just quicksand kind of thing. You're just stuck in the mud. You can't get any traction moving forward at all right that way. Yeah, I know I've definitely been there before in the past yeah. where, yeah, people would come to me and they would say, oh, you're, you're an accountant, you run an accounting firm, you must do 
this thing over here. I go, well, we don't, we don't actually usually do that thing, but yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, we'll do that thing for you. Sure. And yeah, and, you, and you're right. Your team are going, what? But we, we, we have expertise over here. And, uh-huh. and it makes it, yeah, it just makes everyone's life so much harder. So how can we get past that? Because of course, it's a stage in business where, you know, we want, we want any sale, any sale, we want to make any sale. Um, And sometimes that mindset actually can stay with us a very long time as we grow as well. How do we get over that? How do we get past that and actually stop essentially making our lives harder than they have to be? Well, the the underlying idea or underlying principle, I think it was actually a, a Einstein quote or whatever, but basically saying, okay, every single thing we do, everything we do in business, we've got to look at, okay, is this as simple as I can make it without making it too simple? There's, there's a line there, but basically everything's got to come down to simplicity. Okay, is this the right way we should be doing things? And it comes down to, so with, with EOS, the entrepreneur operating system, one of the core tools we look at is, is, is referred to as a vision traction organizer. So it really comes down to defining that core vision to say, okay, what is going to be your core focus as a company? Are you going to be simply the bookkeeping company? Are you going to be the virtual CFO company? Are you going to be the accounting company? What is going to be your core focus? What's going to be your specialty right there? And make sure that every activity, everything you're doing is aiming towards that core focus. And then it goes out even beyond that to say, okay, what are your core values as a company? Okay, so when you're bringing on that new client or you're bringing on that new employee, do they really fit your company? Because if they don't fit your values, they, they may be great right now at turning around and selling or at solving whatever issue you've got, but they're gonna cause more complexity, more issues, et cetera, down the road if they're the ones out, maybe a superstar salesperson, but they're out selling accounting services when you're trying to focus on bookkeeping services kind of a thing. So it really doesn't help you in your core focus right there. So it's, it's really trying to get as laser focused, the, the power of the sun and the amount of energy and everything it puts off, we go sit outside, worst case, we get a sunburn kind of a thing. But if you take a, a laser, just a few kilowatts of energy, you can sit there and cut through steel or cut through diamonds with it. And it really, that, that applies in business. Okay, if we can get everybody working the same direction, pulling the same direction, focused on the same thing, we've got a whole lot more power. You can sit there and say, okay, we're going to focus solely on bookkeeping and we're going to put all of our energy into bookkeeping. Most likely you can build a, a pretty solid business model just on that without having to go super wide, without having any, any real depth or real expertise right there, just because you're trying to grab anything and everything in the sea. So how do we develop that laser focus and that kind of the laser core values? How do we, how do we actually come to those and, and, there, and then implement those in our business? Oh, I'd like to say you, you, you hire an EOS implementer, but... <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, no. no, there actually is... Uh, EOS is based upon the book Traction by Gino Whitman. So which, obviously... Which I think it might be behind me. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, probably it's so. Right These there. days, it's, it's fewer people. Yep, there I see the title. Yeah, fewer and fewer people I run into that I haven't seen or heard of the book kind of a thing. But yeah, the entire system, all the tools actually are built right in there. But no, the thing about having, having a coach, having an implementer work with you is... The, the outside accountability, because you're exactly right. I've, I've had multiple businesses myself sitting there, especially being in that founder, that CEO seat, in a lot of ways can actually be kind of lonely, but at the same time, it's like you've got no, nobody sitting there necessarily holding you accountable to say, okay, 
are, are you making these decisions? Are you meeting your numbers? Are you doing things? And that's where the, an outside coach or an outside implementer in the case of EOS really comes in handy. But it's with that EOS system, like I said, the VTO, the vision traction organizer is simply, it's, it's literally an entrepreneurial two page vision plan. It's not some big massive six inch strategic plan that we all kind of get buried into and hey, we're gonna go do biz business planning and mm. you, you never get anywhere. It's, it's EOS is really designed for the entrepreneur just to make things again, as simple as possible there. But it's really a matter of sitting down, thinking about, okay, who are we gonna be as a company? What's our focus? What's our vision? What's our target market? How are we gonna differentiate ourselves within that target market? And then start looking at planning to say, okay, where do we wanna even be in 10 years? Because if you can set that kind of a goal out there, a 10 year goal, then all of a sudden, okay, every decision you make, are we trying, is that decision gonna make us one step closer to that goal there? If not, we need to kind of question our, our decision-making or our, our opportunities. And so, hey, is this new client going to help me reach my, my goal here in 10 years or in five years, whatever that goal is, to where again, you've got this picture out here. Because a lot of times we're just, we're almost in business for tomorrow kind of a thing. It's like at that point, you're just, you're all over the place back and forth. It's like, okay, you've got to have something, a target out there to aim at because otherwise you're guaranteeing yourself to, to miss the target. Mm, absolutely. And I think it's been said a few times, and I know I found this myself as well, but you typically overestimate what you can achieve in a year and underestimate what the 10 years will look like. Do you find that with the, with the businesses you work with as well? Yeah, that the 10-year so. vision seems to be much less than actually what you could achieve over 10 years. It, it really is. A lot of them, when, they, when you start looking and say, okay, what are you going to be in 10 years? It's, it's, it's very, a lot of people don't look out that far. And it, it's, it's troublesome trying to figure out, okay, what, what do we really want to be? It's like either, I find it's either opposite ends of the stream. It's like, okay, we're going to conquer the world here, or we're just going to go take over our backyard. It's like, well, mm -hmm. how about something in between? It's, it's like, you've got more capability here with this, with this team. But it's, that's the, again, the nice part of the, of the vision planner with, with EOS is that we start with that 10 year picture. And it's really just a, a, just a goal out there. It's, it's nothing complex. It's just, hey, I wanna, we wanna be the, the leader in this industry. We wanna be in, in all these different areas, whatever the case may be. It's, it's very, still very soft, very vague kind of a thing out there. It's just a goal out there. Mm -hmm. But then we'll start bringing that back in to say, okay, now that's your 10 year. Now what's your three year? What do we need to do in the next three years to reach there? What do we need to do? Bring it in again. What's the next one year and really actually get it down to what in EOS terms, a 90 day world where you're just sitting there cycling to say, okay, we're going to go work on the business, a specific set of goals for everybody in the company. So everybody knows what their goals are, what their target is for the next 90 days. And that gets, again, everybody focused in the same direction get that laser beam back where, okay, everybody's working, everybody's pulling the cart the same direction rather than the tug of war where you've got everybody pulling out from the center and nobody's getting anywhere kind of a thing. So it's like, if you can get everybody focused in on that next 90 days, makes it a lot easier to say, okay, 90 days is something we can quantify most of the time in our head with our business. Okay, mm -hmm. what do we need to do in 90 days? What can we get accomplished in the next 90 days of go hire this one new person, bring in two new clients? What do we need to do 90 days and then at the end of that 90 days, if you're cutting a, a road to the forest or whatever, you sit there and cut for a little while, but at some point you got to climb up and say, okay, are we still going in the right direction? So at the end of 90 days, you kind of survey the land. Where have we been? Where are we trying to go? Set the next 90 days, turn around and just keep repeating as you go. And it gets you into that one, it's a cadence, but two, it's a shorter cycle that like you said, okay, I can focus on just the next 90 days. I know exactly concrete plans. Of, okay, we need to do ABC in the next 90 days. 
that's workable. If I'm just looking out at a 10-year a plan and saying, hey, everybody, let's get excited about that 10-year plan, you can get excited about it, but it's not something actionable that you can work towards. And a lot of times we'll have people struggling or businesses struggling with that because everybody knows where we want to get there, but it's, it's the, the adage of how do you eat an elephant? It's like everybody's looking at the big elephant, the big picture out here, the big vision. It's like, well, we got to break that down one bite at a time here for what are we going to do this quarter in order to reach that 90-day plan. So it's, it's really a combination of the, all of it put together. Nice. And what do you say to those um, business owners and entrepreneurs who say, well, I'm a creative and I like to, I like to go with what I feel or, or the, the type of person that, you know, they're working on something and then, then it's like, oh, squirrel, I want to go over in this direction. <laughs> um, you know, many business owners have a bit of that, at least in their personality. Yeah. How do you pull them back to that focus, to that 90-day plan to, this is what you mapped out, let's stick to the plan? Because I know a lot of people have a bit of resistance, actually, when it comes to, this is what we've got in the plan, let's stick to the plan for now. And it's, I will admit, I'm, I'm, I've done all the profile assessments, and I'm, I'm actually about a 60% visionary myself. <laughs> so yeah, the, the squirrels do, do happen kind of a thing there. Mm. But, and the reality is, honestly, especially if you're dealing with a little bit larger company there, your, your team hates that. <laughs> yes. like, okay, well, what, what seminar did he go to yesterday? What book did he read this week? We're, we're shifting directions again, kind of a thing. But no, it, it really, and EOS actually accommodates that very well, that there is, we look at the whole accountability chart, kind of the old definition of a, an org chart with a yes. much more usefulness to it. But there is a visionary type seat, a visionary type role in that, that accountability chart for the organization. And honestly, I'll say I've heard from other implementers, it's about a 50-50 split on which companies have it or not. My experience, I've found almost everyone has some kind of visionary role to it. Mm. And the real key is having a complementary, what we refer to as integrator, but basically the process person that sits there and drives it to where, yes, you can have the dreams, the visions, you can go out and explore the new markets, you can go out and have the the, the conversations with those customers. And maybe it does impact the bigger picture, the 10-year picture, stuff like that. But you've really got that core integrator person in your organization. A lot of times it's like a COO role or a CFO role, something like that, that's, that's a real process-driven person. They're the ones that actually tend to hold that 90-day plan together, make sure that everybody's operating, everybody's pulling together, while the visionary is still definitely integral part of the company, but still they, they, it actually frees them up a little bit to say, Hey, you don't have to worry about day-to-day -day processes, day-to-day -day improvements, day-to-day, -day, the, the technical stuff here that honestly you hate to do anyways, this mm. frees you up and says, Hey, you can actually go out and do these. You can go out and play golf all the time and meet the customers, bring them in. Great. You're, you're effectively doing sales right there. Go do it kind of a thing <laughs> while letting your, your counterpart here, your integrator uh, here, do the actual day-to-day -day operations as you don't like anyway. So it's, it's in many cases actually kind of freeing to them. If you can say, Hey, this is possible and actually allows you to, to have more freedom this way rather than keep you tied to a lot of the business stuff that honestly you don't enjoy. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So when we're coming up with a vision for the business, who, who is involved in creating that? Do you involve the whole company do you do you just involve you know the leadership team like what does that look like when you're coming up with that that vision for everybody to be pulling towards 
It, it really, to me, depends upon the size of the company. If mm-hmm. you're if you're still a fairly small company, it might involve everybody. But really, at least my focus from an EOS perspective is typically on the senior leadership team to say, okay, mm-hmm. your your C level, your VP level, whatever type type seats. Here are the ones that are really core to driving the business. And then at that point, we'll actually sit there and roll the process out, roll the process down because EOS applies to the entire company as a whole. But from mm-hmm. a a really leadership strategic kind of standpoint, it really needs to be the make, ensuring the entire leadership team is, is on board. And that's one thing, one of the things we really emphasize is to say, okay, in a, a planning session, in a meeting session, whatever here, there's, there can be plenty of disagreement within the leadership team. That, that's great to have that kind of discussion, that kind of work together to say, okay, where are we trying to go? What are we trying to get to? But as soon as we step out of that session in front of the rest of the company, there's one vision, there's one plan, there's one direction, everybody's one unit, because otherwise, again, you still end up with that fractured system, that fractured mm-hmm. business of, hey, we, we like the, the CFO's plan over here versus we like the, the VP of sales plan over here, and, and you get all that kind of different direction. You've got to have one common message coming out there from your leadership team. And again, if the, if the company's four, five, six people, it may be everybody involved kind of thing there. But once you start getting some of that, that hierarchy, some of those levels, it really has to start at that core leadership team at top and then move out from there in a, a singular unified message. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you were saying that, actually, it reminded me of parenting where, you know, the kid's done something and you're speaking to your partner and you're like, what should we do about this? One person says, I think we should do this. The other one's like, no, I disagree. You have to come to that common agreement before you go out and sit, sit, tell the kids what's going on. Otherwise, it's just really confusing and complicated for them and they don't know and then they feel uncertain about the future. And actually, in reality, it's the same with our teams, isn't it? That if we come out with different messages from all different places, that, does, that creates a lot of uncertainty for our team members, for our employees. And that actually doesn't put them in a comfortable place where they feel like they're building a solid career with us because everything's a bit bitty and all over the place. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting you mentioned that because we actually pull a lot of a lot of basically parenting lessons kind of a thing back into it to say, okay, yeah, this is leadership team. You got to start acting like mature, responsible parents here to the rest of the kids down the organization kind of a thing. Cause, cause they're looking to you, like you're saying, they're looking to, okay, what do we have a, a solid path here? Do we, do we have something going forward or is it chaos up there? In which case, is this really something I want to be a part of? Yeah, completely. So I can completely see how getting that vision sorted at the leadership level can really help cement the careers of the people in your team, but also presumably help you recruit great people and things too, because, because you have something to go out to the market with and say, look, this is what we want to achieve. Are, do you buy into this? Do you want to come with us on this journey? Yeah, it's, it's that plus the other side of the, the vision side is defining who you are as a company from your, your core values. So you know when you're going out and recruiting, okay, do you even fit our core values in the first place? So it turns into a hiring tool at that point. It's a lot of the companies I've used will actually take that whole, that it's the whole, the, the two page planner kind of a thing in an interview and say, okay, mm-hmm. here's who we are. Here's our market. Here's what we're trying to do. Here's who we look at from a person. Do you fit this? Like you said, do you agree to this? Do you understand exactly what you're getting into? And the other piece to it, we start looking at the, the people side or another piece is looking at defining clear roles and responsibilities. So that's kind of where you go again, go back to the kids kind of a thing. If, there's, there's just a job for taking out the trash amongst yes. three or four kids. Nobody's going to take out the trash. Yeah. It's got to be 
Johnny's job over here, you're responsible for making sure the trash mm -hmm. goes out on Tuesday morning kind of a thing here. And that's where you get that accountability. That's where things get done. And a lot of times that's not defined at all with an organization. So again, from the hiring perspective, you want to be able to hire that person on and say, okay, this is your seat. This is your responsibility. This is your procedures, exactly how you're supposed to do something. So they can turn around and be productive here on, on week one instead of month three or four kind of a thing. So there's, there's so many components that really go directly into your people, into hiring, things like that, just to make sure that, okay, are you being efficient in your business, really? Are you getting the right people in the right positions, right seats? Do they know what they're supposed to do? Can they be efficient moving forward? And like you said, so much of it goes back to kids too. It's, it's, it really is. It's almost more of a struggle because I've got two kids myself. It's almost more of a struggle working with the, the, the leaders, the teams that don't have kids. They don't necessarily understand the parenting model as well. It's like, this, hey, this is your teenage kid right here working in your in your business. How do you how do you expect them to know what they're supposed to do? How do you expect them if you don't if you're not communicating to them? It's like, yeah. well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm yes, I yeah, them. exactly. Because I yeah, exactly. Because I do it every day. So now I actually get what you mean. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I also have two uh, two very small children actually. So uh, it is a bit like herding cats sometimes, and you need to be very clear. Yep with your messaging and all those kinds of things. Jeff, this has been really great. I think you've given us a lot of homework in terms of what to think about and what to do, you know, vision, focus, values, accountability. Of course, everyone should be reading Traction. I think I'm about to go and reread it as well to, uh, to get some more uh, tidbits and nuggets from it. But Jeff, tell us how people can connect with you and, uh, and learn more about you as well. Sure, no worries. Yeah, uh, so my, my website is just AdmentusAD mentus.com. Uh, there's a, a resources page, it's actually slash resources that'll give you the first chapter of traction for free if you want to go okay. download it and take a look at it there just to try it out, kind of kick the tires there. But there's actually, there's traction, there's get a grip is one of the, the companion book there on it. And then another little ebook on decide, which is actually just a simple decision making process. So lots of different resources there, but just at mentus.com. Feel free to reach out any questions or anything or just email us, just ask at admentus.com. But yeah, everything around admentus.com and there's plenty of resources out there for you. Lovely. Thank you, Jeff. We'll also put all the links in the show notes as well um, so that everyone can get them there. And we'll put all your links to your social media links and all those kinds of things in the show notes too. Um, but thank you so much, Jeff. This has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it. And I know I've got some stuff that I'm going to go away and work on and I'm sure our listeners do as well. So thanks again, Jeff, for, uh, thank for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Financial and Lifestyle Freedom today. Do remember to subscribe to this podcast and take just a few seconds to leave us a review. It helps other people find us as well and lets them know what you enjoy in the podcast. All the links that we've spoken about are in the description to this episode, as is the link to find out more about us on our website and also book a call with us should you be interested in any of our services. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.